the Cincinnati Reds are in first place as Joey Votto showed why he's the GOAT in their ninth straight win. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and I am your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan. I've turned an addiction into information for you, this now being my fifth season as hosting the Locked On Reds podcast. Uh, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day, for listening to me talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs or head on over to YouTube and drop a thought in our comment section because talking Reds is what I do and I want to talk Reds with you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day and i want to thank you for being an everyday or if you are an everyday drop us a thought uh down uh, drop us a line in the comments section let us know that you're an everyday and if you want to get even more reds insight and get a direct line to me just text the words i'm in to 513-597-0944 as i am now on subtext uh but what a night at the ballpark so much to get to uh there was some interesting news before the game which we will get to eventually we've got to celebrate the ninth win in a row the cincinnati reds are in first place to the nl central and joseph daniel Votto is back and he was back with authority before we get into all that i want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and where we are going to start you can guarantee is with joseph daniel Votto because Joey Votto returned to the lineup and as though he had never missed a beat and this lineup just got a lot better. I know everyone was saying, oh boy, is is he going to mess up this momentum? Is he going to mess up the mojo of this team? And it's interesting because he even said that in his pregame interview, he was like, great, the team's on a roll. Here I come. I'm probably going to derail this whole thing, right? Wrong. And I love the fact that one of the things he said, he understood the assignment. I want you to listen carefully to this clip because find it interesting of what I thought he was going to say and then how he pivoted away from that. I love that I'm joining a team that I love that I'm joining a team that is doing um, so well that uh, it's, I have to be a value add. I have to be an ad. You, you could just finish his sentence for him. And I think he was going there and then he decided to pivot away. He says, I love that. I'm joining a team that, and then he thought about it. I think what he was going to say is I love that. I'm joining a team that doesn't need me. Right? Like, I think most of us thought that they're like, man, bringing him back is going to be awesome. But if he stayed on the injured list a little bit longer, this lineup doesn't seem like it's missing him right now. 
Of course, he proved us all wrong. He went two for three with a screaming shot of a home run to right field. And he had a two RBI go-ahead single in the sixth inning that was the key difference in the score for this game. Just absolutely all over every pitch that he saw. Plus, he got a walk because it wouldn't be a Joey Votto game if he didn't get a walk. But I loved his reaction. His reaction to his first home run uh, was so Joey because they're like, oh, man, were you excited to hit that first home run? His response? I was right. Yeah. I'd homer and I, you know, I said I would homer inside the first two to close friends. I was like, I was right. I think I'm going to play that clip now when I tell you to take the over and the over hits, right? I was right. I was right. He was right. He said he caught it to close friends. He's just like, yeah, first two at bats, I'm going to hit a home run in one of those at bats. And he did. Listen, he was not just on it. He was on it. It's not as if he was getting some, some dink and duck contact. In fact, he had a line out there in the second inning that was even harder hit than his home run. So his home run clocked in at 102 miles an hour. He had a line out straight to the center fielder Doyle. that was 104 miles an hour. It was amazing to see the quality of contact that he had. He even had his, his go ahead R two RBI single was at 108 miles an hour. Joey's back. Joey's feeling it. And I, I love this thought because there were so many people in the comments section yesterday that need to eat some crow because they're talking about, I don't think he's going to fit into this team. I don't understand why the Reds are bringing him back. I think he's going to mess up the mojo. And Votto had this to say about respect and, and, and how he fits onto this ball club. I fit in with these guys. Don't get me wrong, but it's more just about performance. That's what I mean by fitting in. You know, we, we respect one another as people, of course, but ultimately this is a league, this is a game where your respect is earned through performance. You know, you could be uh, a handsome man, um, but no matter what, you have to perform, of course. Yeah. I love Joey Votto, a handsome man. But yeah, you have to perform. That's what it's about. And he has said that in many of interview people talking about, you know, team chemistry and, and having friends on the diamond and friends in the locker room and things like that. And it's funny because over the years, he's kind of changed his tune. Like he was one of those guys in the mid two thousands, whenever the reds were struggling a little bit, but he's like, yeah, but you know, it's fun to play with these guys. We're having fun out there. This is good. You know, we're a good group of guys. About 2018, he started saying things like, yeah, we just need to play. We just need to win. You know what helps you become a better team and have more team chemistry? Winning. That's why this team feels like it's so cohesive. That's why the Reds feel like they're having so much fun. That's why the Reds are so much fun because they're winning. If Joey Votto comes back and he hits a home run every night, there's not going to be a problem with chemistry in the locker room. There's not going to be a problem with chemistry in the lineup because he's going to be playing amazing. And sure, he's not going to hit a home run every night. I know that's not going to happen. I understand that. But if he is a contributing part of this lineup, there is no reason to worry. And believe me, 
based on what I saw from game one, he is going to be a contributor. None of those were cheap hits. None of those were things that he was, you know, using smoke and mirrors to, to get at somebody. And he was doing it off a lefty. Now a lefty that he, you know, career just absolutely mashes. Austin Gomber has been the left-handed version of Adam Wainwright to Joey Votto, but still coming back your first game back, you face a lefty and he looked like he didn't miss a beat at all. I mean, he is clearly different from last year. And he had this to say about how he's feeling right now. I feel, I, I feel good. Um, most of the issue was in my elbow and my hand. It wasn't so much my shoulder. I tore my rotator cuff in 15 and my bicep was the issue and it was causing problems in my elbow and my hand. I wasn't able to grip the bat. I wasn't able to take a one handed swing. I wasn't able to practice. Now I don't think about practice. Now it's, I'm back to smash mode. Like I go in the cage and I try to smash the ball. That's, and um, once I find, you know, I, I, I'm trying to work towards something specific hitting-wise, but I'm, I'm just about there or right there. So, uh, yeah. I need a Super Smash Bros t-shirt for Joey Votto or something like that. Like, yes, I'm wearing the Votto Still Bangs t-shirt if you're watching here on YouTube. But he needs, like, you know, the Smash Bro because, my goodness, he was smashing on Monday night, absolutely destroying baseballs. And it was so awesome to see. I got the chance to go to the game with my wife, Hannah. And I told her, I said, the absolute best case scenario for me is if Joey homers in this game and the Reds win. And that's exactly what happened. And oh, by the way, the Milwaukee Brewers lost, which means the Reds are your first place in El Central Cincinnati Reds. Did you think that we'd be saying that on June 20th? I didn't. Firmly didn't. You can't find a more optimistic Reds fan than me. I didn't think the Reds would be in first place this late into the season. And guess what? This is the latest they've been in first place since 2012, obviously. But as far as like the 2000s go, the, the century, this is the latest during the season they've been in first place since 2012 and, and 2010, and um, <clears throat> they won the division both those years. And in fact, let's look at this nine-game win streak. Let's look at this ninth win in a row because uh, it wasn't just Joey Votto that got them there. Now, he was the, the straw that stirred the drink to get the scoreboard ahead, but coming up next, we'll look at some other key performers that earned the Reds the dub. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Game Time. This is the perfect app for you. If you're trying to get to the ballpark, you're saying, man, I want to be a part of this winning streak. I want to be there. I want to see them hit that 10th win in a row. And if they win on Tuesday, who knows? Maybe you want to go on Wednesday's day game and see them maybe win 11 in a row. When the Reds are on this kind of a streak, the best way to get to the ballpark is game time. Game time is going to give you the best last minute prices guaranteed. They've got the game time guarantee in that if you find tickets in the same section, the same row on a different secondary app for cheaper, then they will credit you 110% of the difference. Game time has the best prices and you can 
create your account today and use the promo code locked on MLB to save $20 off your first purchase. So download the game time app, create your account and use that promo code locked on MLB to save $20 off your first purchase on my favorite ticketing app. Whenever you've got a new debut, whenever you've got a new milestone that the reds are going to be doing, always look at game time, download it today. Use the promo code locked on MLB to save $20 off your first purchase because game time has last minute tickets with the lowest price guaranteed. Coming up tonight, the reds and Rockies get going again at 7, 10 PM Eastern time. That's of course, weather permitting as the reds go for another series win. And if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Simply search reds. Thanks as always for making lockdown reds. Your first listen every day, every day is on the next podcast. Got some thoughts on some targets, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on in the show, but some specific targets that the reds should be looking to trade for. So you're not going to want to miss that. That'll be who the reds can trade for on tomorrow's podcast, but let's get the winning streak, baby. Let's go. The Cincinnati reds now are in first place. That's right. I know there's still lots of game left. There's still lots of season left because the major league baseball season is so long, but the Cincinnati reds on June 20th, the year of our Lord, 2023 are atop the NL central. They've got the longest winning streak since 2012. It's officially the second longest winning streak of the 21st century, nine games in a row, absolute beautiful performances by this team. And think about for a second, before we jump into Monday night's game, think about the improbability of this winning streak, the young players that make up this roster guys that are still trying to get the feel for the major leagues. That's not a scenario that you describe as a team. That's going to win nine in a row. Think about some of the teams that the reds had in the early 2010s and, and even 2021 and even, you know, mid two thousands and things like that. They weren't, they were probably better on paper than this team is, but not on the field. And that is what matters. They're making up. You can talk about deficiencies all day and coming up here in a few minutes, we're going to talk about a deficiency in starting pitching, but when it comes down to who's got more runs at the end of the ninth inning, the reds find a way. And it all started off with Kevin Newman on Monday night. Kevin Newman hit a lead off home run. Kevin Newman leads off against left-handed pitchers and against left-handed pitching. He is a masher absolutely destroys left-handed pitching. The weird part about it is he didn't hit right-handed pitching very well. So whenever the opposing team goes to the bullpen, you kind of wonder if David Bell should consider a little bit more, maybe uh, flipping him out. But here's the good thing about this. He continues to build up his trade value, but he gets the scoring started off in the first inning with a solo shot. Nick Senzel in the second inning gets his solo shot. So you look at this and you say, okay, this is unlikely performances. And then also you're getting the amazing performances of Joey Votto, but these aren't the guys, these aren't the main cast characters that you think are going to drive a Reds win. You think Jonathan India, you think Spencer steer, you think, uh, Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, all those guys were relatively quiet on Monday night. Credit to Austin Gomber. He came into this game with really terrible statistics and he actually pitched pretty well. And speaking of pitch pretty well, Brandon Williamson had a nice outing. 
And it felt as though it could have been a little bit better, though, because he got to the sixth inning. His first five innings, fantastic. Five strikeouts, no walks. What was it we talked about whenever he was called up? He's got to get better at the strikeout-to-walk ratio. That was perfect. You don't walk anybody in a game. That's what we want to see. So huge step forward there. But we also now have a question mark that I want to ask because if you look at his numbers and you can look at his numbers on baseball reference and stuff, and we'll talk about this a lot more as we go along this season, but when he gets to the opposing lineup the third time through the order, things really, really get out of hand quickly. And I think that's why David Bell had the quick hook. He, he really had only thrown 86, 87 pitches at the point that David Bell had pulled him. But it was very evident as the first two guys reached base there in the sixth inning, it was very evident that this was probably out of hand for him and he was going to give up a bunch of runs. And that's kind of the one thing that I'm looking at here. And obviously, rookie pitcher still getting used to the major leagues here. There's still lots for him to learn. But there's not been a lot of guys in this starting rotation that can go three times through the order. I know for a fact Luke Weaver can't do it. I don't even know that he has the ability to to gain that ability. Ben Lively kind of has that ability to do it. Um, Andrew Abbott can do anything. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, I, I look at Brandon Williamson, and I'm just like, I'm not sure. I, I think right now it seems like five innings is his ceiling almost as far as the amount of innings you're going to get from him that are good. Maybe he can expand upon that here pretty soon. But then you have Buck Farmer and Alex Young that come out and just play a little bit of a Three Stooges routine. But I want to kind of put this into perspective because it's easy to have a recency bias and say, Buck Farmer, Alex Young. But Buck Farmer allowed just the second earned run in the month of June. He's allowed two. Two earned runs in the month of June. And he's pitched quite a few times this month. Absolutely phenomenal performance. And he also did allow two inherited runners to score. So you're saying, well, that's an important stat for relievers, Jeff. That's the second and third inherited runners he's allowed to score all year. Up until Monday night, Buck Farmer had allowed one out of 12 inherited runners to score. Buck Farmer has had a fantastic season. Monday night, not necessarily that great, but come on, we got to give the guy a little bit of a, a little bit of a leash there. Alex Young is interesting though, because Alex Young came into the game, uh, because the Rockies pulled, they had, they had a guy debuting, uh, Kaiser, Kaiser Connor, I believe was his name or Connor Kaiser. One of the way, one of the two, I don't think he's the Kaiser. But he was batting ninth, and uh, they decided to pinch hit Mike Mustakis against Buck Farmer. So then David Bell countered and brought out Alex Young, who was ready in the bullpen. The problem is Alex Young has proven to me that, yeah, he's got reverse splits. And I, I was watching this, and the way that he was pitching to Mike Mustakis, he was pitching him so carefully, and he ends up walking him a bases-loaded walk that gave the Rockies the lead at the time, a four to three. And just the way that he pitched him was so weird. And I was like, I think Alex young isn't actually as good against left-handers as we think. And he's not. In fact, left-handed hitters have a 40 point advantage over right-handed hitters against Alex young in the batting average department. So it's a weird way to say it. 
left-handed hitters have a batting average that is 40 points higher than right-handed hitters against left-handed throwing Alex Young. Seems backwards, right? You have lefties in your bullpen to take care of left-handed batters on the opposing team. Alex Young doesn't do that. And in fact, lefties are getting on base 35% of the time against Alex Young. It's not great. Needs to improve on that a little bit because, well, the Reds only have one left-hander, and if the only left-hander on the team is not good against left-handers, then that's a little bit of something. That's something you kind of look at down the road and be like, hmm, are they going to be able to improve on that? Because when you do start talking about playoff baseball, you got to have those pieces. And it seems like Alex Young isn't necessarily quite there. And then in the ninth inning, Alexis Diaz comes out to get the save. Beautiful performances by Fernando Cruz and Lucas Sims to nail it down in the seventh and the eighth innings. There was just not a lot of hitting for the Reds in this game. The sixth inning was really the big inning for them. They had a couple of solo shots that got them on the board. And then in the sixth inning, when they loaded the bases and Joey Votto came up and delivered the beautiful go-ahead single, then that was it. Five to four, didn't get any more. If you took the over, I think the over before the game started was ten and a half. If you took the over, you thought, all right, we're pretty good. We got three innings left. This is a late in a late game ball club that really hits well after the seventh inning. Nothing happened. But nothing happened on the Rocky side, too, because Lucas Sims, Fernando Cruz shut it down. Then Alexis Diaz did allow two base runners in the ninth. A little bit of sweat there because it was first and third, but he was able to pitch around that beautifully. Uh, the the one thing that I was a little bit curious about, and I'm going to watch this moving forward, Lexus Diaz has been used a lot this year, and he threw a lot more sliders than fastballs in this outing, and he was kind of getting clobbered. Whenever Rockies hitters put the ball in play, they were hitting it at a pretty high exit velocity. So I want to see a little bit more from Alexis Diaz, and hopefully that was just a a weird aberration. We'll see what happens in his next appearance. But the Reds, Cincinnati Reds, are in first place in the NL Central. It feels good to say that. And, man, they just continue to put together these games where you'll look back on them and you're just like, man, they won that game. I can't point to one reason as to why. There's so many reasons as to why. And you absolutely have to love it. But you know, before the festivities on Monday night, the Reds got some bad news regarding an important player. I'll tell you how they can maneuver this, uh, this next trial uh, coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know, you can catch this Tuesday night ball game between the Reds and Rockies. That starts at 7.10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sirius XM app. Ben Lively is going to oppose former Reds draft pick, 2018 draft pick, Noah Davis. And if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. Plus, you can follow the Locked On Reds podcast on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube, also, make sure to join the community on Discord. Got a really lively group on Discord talking Reds all the time. Got a link down in the description for you to click and you can join there. And plus, for more Reds insight and a direct line to me, you can text I'm in to 513 597 0944. 
and join subtext today. Before Monday's game, and the big news, obviously, Joey Votto is back. And we were all wondering, what is the corresponding roster move? The corresponding roster move was to put Hunter Green on the injured list. Yeah, that wasn't on any sort of list that Steve and I had to talk about. Because, quite frankly, we thought he was healthy. I mean, he made his last start. Everything looked fine. But they put him on the injured list. Uh, retroacted the Sunday uh, with recurring hip soreness. And if this doesn't tell you that the front office needs to make a move, I can't help you. Cincinnati Reds need to make a trade for a starting pitcher, and they need to do it right now. If they consider themselves like we consider themselves actual, bona fide, legitimate playoff contenders, especially when you're talking about winning the NL Central, they need to make a move. And yes, I understand. People are going to say, well, Jeff, this wasn't part of the plan. They didn't think they were going to contend this year. You got to roll with the punches, right? You can't just look at this and say, oh, gosh, golly, gee, we we were, had such a good run there, but now we've got Green Lodolo and Ashcraft on the IL for a little while. I guess we'll just pack it up and go home. No, you can't do that. There are some interesting names out there, and, and the first one that comes to mind, we're going to investigate this a lot more on tomorrow's episode, but the first one that comes to mind is Lance Lynn from the Chicago White Sox. Now, you might have seen him recently in the headlines because he had a 16 strikeout performance. So you're saying, Jeff, are you a little bit, you going a little bit high there? Got a high bar? Honestly, he's not had that great of a year. There's plenty of underlying numbers that say that he's been getting very unlucky, but the Reds might not have to give up, you know, a huge prospect to get him. Plus, you're talking about a dude who he has a club option for next year, but essentially the guaranteed part of his contract is expiring at the end of the season. So the Reds can say, hey, thanks. We'll see you. I think that would be an interesting get. But with the injury to Hunter Green and putting him on the injured list, they absolutely need to look at it adding somebody. Because, yes, Hunter, Graham Ashcraft will return at the end of this week. He'll be ready for the Brave series probably the Sunday start. But you're looking at a situation where the weekend series is going to bleed over into next week. And yeah, you've got the Thursday off day, but you're going to have six days in a row where you've got games. So one of those days is going to need a starter. And this bullpen cannot handle a lot more bullpen games. This bullpen is already being used on a very consistent basis for four, sometimes five innings a night. So if you're going to tell me that you're going to bake in nine innings into the schedule, I'm a little bit worried about that. And it's funny because if you'd have told me back in April that the Reds would really need Chase Anderson, I'd have told you, boy, they're in dire straits. Somehow the Reds really could have used Chase Anderson and here they are atop the NL Central. Color me surprised, shocked, completely flabbergasted at that one. But they really need to get some bona fide pitching depth. Basically, the thing that we wanted Nick Crawl to do in the offseason, he should probably go trade for now. Go get that legitimate veteran starter to 
helps solidify the rotation. Then whenever Ashcraft's back, whenever Green returns, and then later down the road, whenever Lodolo's here, you've got a really strong pitching staff and you can really give a long look to Brandon Williamson and say, where are you in your development? Would you be better off either pitching out of the bullpen for the rest of the season or pitching at AAA every fifth day or something like that? I, I really love what Williamson has done, and I, I think that he still has oodles of potential that he can reach. But if you're talking about the Reds having the ability to win the NL Central, don't you want to have another solid spot in the, in this rotation? I do. And I think that the injury to Hunter Green, and, and the thing that just it, it kind of gnaws at me a little bit with this news update is recurring hip soreness you say it's recurring that means that that's kind of gonna be there right like even if you put him on the 15 day injured list he comes back fine he's ready to go we're gonna be dealing with this in a month so you need somebody else and it can't just be a waiver wire ad of of whoever or what all like i think i saw the denelson lament might be available but again he was cut by the rockies the Rockies pitching staff is one of the few. The, the Rockies starting pitching staff is one of the few that have had worse statistics than the Reds this year. Just a fact of life. The numbers for the Reds starting pitchers don't really bear out to be a good staff at this time. And yes, they have the ability to get better, and it's made up of young guys. But if they're all going to be injury prone and have problems with that, don't you need some veteran help to help solidify that staff? The Reds should go do that. And I've got thoughts on to who they should get coming up on tomorrow's podcast. So make sure you check that out. That's going to wrap us up for this edition, though. Before we get out of here, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. But that'll wrap us up for this edition of Locked On Reds. Thanks to our everydayers out there for making us your first listen every day. Hope that you join me tomorrow as I give you some names to think about for the Reds as they head toward the trade deadline. But that's going to do it for us here today. Steve will be back here in a few days, but for now it's just you and me as we stay locked on Reds every single day.